podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddockblues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and up the toffees. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Paul and tonight I'm joined by Jamie. How's it going, mate? All right, me you. Yeah, sound you know we're uh, good. Have you, have you calmed down after last night? And I uh, got a few uh, violent voice notes off you last night. Yeah, you were you weren't happy about that last night, were you? Uh, I've calmed down probably because I've stayed off Twitter. Yeah, I think if I was to go back on Twitter, it just reignite everything. But yeah, it was a uh, it, it was just bad, mate. I'm sure we'll get into yes. it, but I'm still not happy. Yeah, it was an hard one to stomach, wasn't it? And not for footballing reasons. It was, again, a night that was just about stuff that is not football, basically. No. I don't know other way to put that. But obviously, we're here to talk about Crystal Palace nil, Everton nil in the third round of the cup. Um, let's just start from the very beginning because we, we've got a lot to go through. And I know we're going to end on VAR and our heads are going to fall off by the end of it. So... The thoughts on the team news when it came out, when you've seen Joe Virginia in goal, you've seen Seamus Coleman back in the side, and Arnold Danjuma gets a start as well with Jack Addison as number 10. Just give us your thoughts on your team news when it came out. What was your feelings? I was quite happy with it, to be fair. I think that's probably a team that we've been asking for with Danjuma on the wing or possibly in the 10 until, obviously, the game started. We didn't know which one would be in that role, but... Dan Jumethal played really well when he when he uh, slotting in. You know, Joe Virginia coming in and seeing that, I was a bit like, what's going on? Pickford there. And... But then I think you said it in the group, actually, funny enough, that he hasn't been playing well, Jordan Pickford. So has Sean Dice seen that and gone, well, actually, this lad's training really well. He's going to go in. Yeah. No, I'm not just going to have, because you're England's number one, you play forever and all yeah. the time that. You can have off performances and don't get punished for them. Um, which obviously I think he'll be back in the next game, Jordan Pickford. But I hopefully it was a bit like a lad, you're not undroppable, you know. And I think that Joe you sort of given a, a performance that he's not a bad backup goalkeeper. That kid, he actually played really well. I thought came out for the the right balls. Um, pardon me, came out for them. Um, <laughs> you know, his, his sliding, his demanding of the ball, thought his kicking was quite okay as well. So obviously not. Pickford's level thought he'd done all right, just a solid performance. But was he tested that much in where you yeah. go? Maybe that Eze one in the second half where he tipped it round the post. That was a great save. But yeah, I thought he he, he got to give a good account of himself. What did you what was yeah. you what was you thinking? I always like a goalkeeper who wears all black, like <laughs> Lev Yashin. I don't know if anyone has ever seen old videos of the Russian goalkeeper Lev Yashin. The one who used he's to wear considered... the cap. I, no, I think he's considered one of the best goalkeepers of all time. Like oh. 1960s, yeah. yeah. So he was known as the black cat. So, so when you see a, a keeper coming out and all black, he looks smart to me. He looks the part, doesn't he? Look, he, he does yeah. look the part. I mean, it's only one game, but and listen, I have said Jordan Pickford is not playing well, but I don't think he was. He hasn't done anything to deserve being dropped. I just think obviously this lad's been chomping at the bit to get a game. He's obviously been doing well and training and showing. I just thought, you know what? Let's yeah let's sit. Let's sit our number one on the bench and let him watch for a little bit and let's give this lad a chance because you never know what could happen. Pickford has in the past gone down with little niggles and stuff like that. So it's nice to know that if he did get injured, I, I'd be confident with this lad coming in and there'd be people saying, oh, it's only one game, but I don't think he looks phased at yeah. playing. I, I think he's number one. I think Paul as well, where people go, oh, it's only one game. Listen, we've seen many goalkeepers have that one game and completely ruin it for themselves. You know, or, or even outfield players, they go, oh, it's only one game, but you never see them again because that it's one game was that good, bad. Isn't it? Yeah, hmm? I thought it was really... And his calmness as well, I like the ca- yeah. the calmness of him. Like He was a bit very... He just collected the ball and was like, right, have a little look, yeah, pass out. It wasn't... Never rushed anything, which I thought was quite good. Yeah, I don't think he put the... He's a bit more of a calmer influence. I think it's our cop. He was absolutely and banned to it. We made up there. He was thinking, yeah. Jesus, it's quiet here today, apart from that, apart from that knobhead with his drum in the, in the palace crowd. Like, but he must have been thinking, why is nobody pounding us here? It was like, yeah. All right, lads. A mild mannered citizen in goal instead of some absolute nutcase. Yeah. But, uh, Probably thought he went deaf, yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, we've touched on it there, the, the performance as a whole. I mean, because obviously we've got other stuff to talk about, but what did you make of the, the performance as a whole? I mean, the defence was solid, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I personally thought, this is just my opinion, I thought Amadou Anana was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, that Joachim Anderson got man of the match. I nearly <laughs> fell off my chair when that Lucy Ward gave him man of the match. That I was couldn't mad, believe it. It was just like, it's just like, right, it's time for man of the match. It's, well, it's Joachim Anderson, I was like, eh? Yeah. Eh? And then, then about three seconds later, again, another thing we'll probably talk about, but he nearly gave a pen away. So, no, he should have given a yeah. pen away. Well, what was your thoughts on the performance then? I mean, were you frustrated or did you think we all we just lacked was that killer touch at the end? Yeah, the, the lack of the killer touch, but I thought it was coming, to be honest, Paul. I could, you could sense, you know, it was just going to take, I think Jack Harrison snatched at a few things and you know, Calvin Lewin had that effort where it sort of he tamed effort out of it, but I think that was a bit of a mad angle for him. It just seemed like it wouldn't drop. Every time he got into the box, it just seemed to drop to a Palace player and he would just hoof it out. Uh, I was sort of just waiting for the ball to drop to an Everton player. He smashes it and we go 1-0 up. James Garner, where he hit it and the, the Palace defender blocks it. Um, I genuinely think we were going to score, me personally. I honestly did think we, we were going to go on and win the game. Yeah, I think our chances created compared to our chances converted is it's getting ridiculous now. We're we're squandering a lot of chances. And you touched on him earlier on. I thought Dan Juman had a really good game, but I don't fancy him in front of goal. Do you think no. would you say that's fair? Yeah, uh, I think the Tottenham game gave us a glimpse of that, didn't it? And then um obviously today where he goes, he loves that side netting. He just can't, he just finds the side netting all the time. I want I want him to put it in the inside of the side netting, but... I want him to go across the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, that's what, well, that's what I sort of expect him to do, make the keeper save it and parry it out, yeah. but is he snatching? We've spoken on this pod many times about Beto, Calvin, Lewin, the desperate for goals, where Dan Jim is that desperate to sort of prove himself in any chance he gets. He's probably that... He sees the white post and goes on those areas and just goes right. Let's just hit it, and if it goes in, buzzing. If it doesn't, I'll go again. Um, I just want to ask you though, if you definitely look terrified when they get into the final third, like a you know you see these players and some one of them just put the foot in the ball and thread it through. Definitely all just look at each other like, what, what do we do now? It's <laughs> like you take it, or will you take it? And yeah, I just feel like it's a little bit rushed to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, those chances yesterday, even when we scored, I think Bethel puts Garner in, just just relax. Absolutely. Loons it over the bar. There's one with Harrison who's just sees glory. He just wants to burst the net. And he just nearly kills someone in in the crowd. It was just like it's ridiculous. I was disappointed with him last night. I'll come on to him in a minute. I, yeah. I was uh, having a discussion today with someone on Twitter. Someone listen, it everyone's entitled to their opinion. He said Jack Harrison was amazing last night. I thought he was awful. I honestly thought he was awful last night. And I'm a fan. I like him. Don't get me wrong. But there was a there was a moment in the game where I was watching the game. My dad and my dad was going, is Harrison playing? And it was like 40 minutes in. I just He just wasn't anywhere near to play. Maybe that's just my opinion. I just don't, I don't think he had a good game at all. I don't. No. Um, I just think his work rate sort of papers over the cracks a little bit, doesn't it? When, yeah. you know, it's the 85th, 89th minute, and he's still chasing that ball down. I think, as Everton fans, we love that. So, it's easy to sort of go, oh, look at Harrison chasing the ball down in the 93rd minute. But really, for 93 minutes, he's a number 10, and he actually hasn't linked anything or done anything. So, I can see where people sort of get blindsided by his work rate, because I thought he actually did really well as in Chasing oh yeah, he'll never, and... he doesn't hide. I know I'm yeah. saying I, I forgot he was playing, but I'm, I meant more like on the ball. I didn't that's see what I mean. I didn't yeah. see him doing anything, yeah. On the t- I, I, but that's the thing, he's, he's as a 10, so we need you good on the ball. Calvin Lewin needs you, you know, McNeil needs you, and that's what the type of thing we need. But yeah, I, I, to be honest, it's all a bit of a blur. <laughs> yeah. from, from one moment to the end, it was like the anger just sort of set in then. They got yeah. to rewatch it. Yeah, I just want to come back onto the defence because, listen, like you know that Lucy Ward who was commentating, I don't want to go all Joey Barton. I think she's a really good commentator. Honestly, I really do. Yeah. And, you know, women in football is sound by us. You know, we've got Melinda on this podcast who we love and, you know, women should have their points of view. But she kept going on about that Mark Gahey 
our uh, Gareth Southgate and his assistant there to watch him. And we had a lad playing at the back there for us, who, or two lads, if you want to look at the both of them. They had a better game than Mark Gay for me. I thought Brandtwaite and Tarkovsky were solid all the way through the game. Yeah, the passing out of the pair of them were brilliant. Did, did you weren't mentioned though, were they? They didn't no, no. mention them for England, or did they? No, they're not going to argue that Mark is because he's been in and around the England team. It's always right. We'll get in now that your name's settled. Um, I'm glad they don't. To be honest, Paul, leave him yeah. alone. Leave Jared Brandt. If you're going to Southgate, I want you nowhere near. Yeah, yeah, Southgate. I don't want you anywhere near the pair of them. Yeah. Well, what was what I was more thinking about? I was just going. I just wanted to go back to um, the de- the defense. What did you think of Coleman coming in? Yeah, brilliant, mate. Thought he was absolutely fantastic. He's just he seems to have a fire in his belly at the moment, Seamus Coleman. I've never seen him. I don't am I just imagining this? Do you have you ever seen him arguing as much as he does with the officials no. and the opposition player? He seems to have like something's reignited inside him. He's, he's like a little little terrier, isn't he? I mean, you <laughs> see when Dwight McNeil went down and he's saying to that Mateta, pardon me, French, I think Mateta is French, he's telling him to fuck off. Like go away. <laughs> You know, the he's saying, down, come he on might, then, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. like a funny incident with the VAR where Coleman's looking at the video and like, and he's saying, "No way, no way." And he, that's what we want. We want one players to, to stand up for us. But he is by far and away still our best right back. Yeah. I mean, he was bombing forward yesterday. His crossing was terrible, but his crossing's always been terrible. But yeah, we're a totally different team with James Coleman in there. But something else I noticed about yesterday as well. You think Evan were better with the ball in possession? I think. I thought we were. Maybe Palace let us have the ball a lot more, but usually that's where Everton come unstuck. But I thought we, we passed it round all right yesterday. Yeah, I think definitely. I think there was a moment where um, we sort of the ball with Coleman and it just went back, back, back inside and over the. And you can see Dice clapping and even the fans were clapping. I think the commentator said, you know, Everton fans are appreciating that. And it just look calmer on the ball with. I don't know whether it is sort of a Coleman influence. There's no panic, you know. It's not a I listen. I don't mind Patterson, think he could be a good player, but that first ball from Coleman to Tarkovsky is calmer. Where Patterson volleys it at him, and it's like, ah, panic stations. You know, that first pass has got to be sort of perfect to start the move. Um, and it always helps when Anana plays well, when James Garner plays well, when you get your midfielders who are actually playing well on the ball, that will always help. Yeah, I just want to. Touch on him, Amadeo Nana. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. It was a fantastic midfield performance. That I thought he he ran the show completely, ran the game for me. Yeah. Uh, I know he's like Marmite for our fan base, but we've got to get over that penalty miss. I think yesterday is what we'd like to see more of Onana. I thought he was excellent. Honestly, I really thought he had a great game. Uh, yeah, but sorry, what did you think of Onana's performance? I, he was my man of the match. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, the way he sort of and that was the question I wanted to ask you, really. Um, with Anana, it seemed like he'd been sort of given a job. Mark Eze, don't let Eze have the ball. Don't sort of let him run at you. Don't let him run into the corners. And he'd done it really well. Yeah. And for me, it was like, he's that's where you see the best of Anana. He's sort of given a job and gone, that's your job for 90 minutes. And then when we've got the ball, bring the ball out. And it just yeah. seems like he's so much well more relaxed when... It sounds daft because he's obviously always given a job to do, but when you can see the job, we when we can see what he's meant to be doing, he's really good at it. And I think yeah. as he got the ball in the first five minutes, he just volleyed him and that Lamer as well, he volleyed him and it was like Yeah, Anana's on it today. Within the first 10, 15 minutes you could see Anana was on it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he, he had that as a sewn up, didn't he? He had him boxed off. He's a cheat him, by the way. He's a good player, but he's a good yeah, player, player, but he's a cheat. But... Shouldn't be doing he's that. A cheat. He's one of them. He he belongs in their team over the park. Yeah. He's just he, he's one of them. I don't care who's listening. He'd fit right in with you over there, like with your yeah. uh, your Tom Daly's and your uh, Mo Salas and all that. But uh, yeah, no, really, just it makes you wonder though. Like you look, you look at the formation yesterday and the formation against Wolves, we were just completely overrun, weren't we? Against Wolves and I know Dice has called that a blip. Would you agree with him after watching that last night that that Wolves game? Is a blip, or would you like to, or hopefully is just a blip? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. It's can you call it a blip when their performance is that bad? Possibly. Um, 
can you call it a blip when you've had two of them? I don't know. I'd like to now think that Dyche has learned his lesson through playing that back five. I think hopefully that he can look back now at that Wolves game and go, yeah, this team can't play in the back five. It's back four from now on. Because, um, you know, listen, if Dyche looks like the type of manager, if something works, he'll stick with it. But I just think hopefully he's used that Wolves game to get that back five nonsense out of his system with Michael Keane coming in. He's sort of looking on, we get overrun in midfield and that can't happen in the Premier League um, or against the Premier League team. So, a, a blip, I don't know. A learning curve, yeah. Yeah. There's a... Um, I can't believe I missed it out. I've gone past it. There was, a, there was something happening in Everton's game yesterday, which I've noticed for the last few weeks. I don't know if you've picked up on it. It's our crossing into the box. is dreadful. It's oh. absolutely dreadful. Now, listen. Here it goes again on this Calvert-Loon soapbox. <laughs> Calvert-Loon's not playing well. I agree. I mean, he runs in on goal there and he flaps at that. You never fancy him, do you? He's just got no strength whatsoever to try and whip that ball around the goalkeeper. Yeah, I'll give you that one. But in my opinion, Calvert-Loon is a powerful centre-forward who relies on crosses into the box and he can score headers. I cannot dare to say he's as injured as him. Andy Carroll, Duncan Ferguson, players like that. But we don't seem to play to them strengths. I mean, there's a few times we get the ball on the wing and you go, go good cross, good cross, nothing, under it, over it. They're not going anywhere near him, are Crossing is absolutely dreadful. It needs to improve massively. The one cross that does my head in, and McNeil done it a few times yesterday, it's where he's crossing it from deep. But it's not like a... Listen, I'm not a professional footballer, but we, you know, we all, we've all watched the game long enough. He's whipping the ball from deep, and you're expecting not just Calvin Lewin, anyone, to get generate that much power from, say, the 18-yard box to the, the, the penalty spot on the header... It's never going to happen. The keeper's just going to catch it. They need to be driven, just driven where he can. Where someone's going to nod it down, or he can do whatever. I can't stand that deep cross. As soon as he gets no. to the ball, you can see what he's going to do. And I don't mind if it's at the byline, and you know he thinks his back post, or it's a couple of times. With Calvin Lewin, I was sort of on the thing with yesterday. That yeah, I know it's going to come on. To, we'll come on to Calvin Lewin. Just. Don't worry, I've got a little segment <laughs> right, no. for you. But, but do you, what my question is, is that, you know, we know he's just a centre-forward who thrives off balls, the right ball into the box, and he's not getting them, is he? That's what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm not... People say you're just defending them for defending them's sake, but I think we've seen against Burnley, he had a chance on his head. Good header. All right, he should have scored. Keeper makes a good save. Similar to Tottenham. That's Calvert-Loon. Yeah. Eventually, they will start going in. But we're not getting enough of them chances to him. Would you... Am I wrong there? Or am I just looking for excuses? I don't know. No, no. I think what you, I, I get what you're saying. Where like, if you're gonna cross the ball, put it into an and area you can run onto. Yeah, yeah, an area where you know he's gonna be, not just where Calvert Lewin thinking in his head. Now, what cross is gonna come in now? If Calvert Lewin, if if Calvert Lewin sees McNeil or Harrison on the, uh, yeah, McNeil or Harrison on the ball, even Michalenko and Coleman, he knows where that ball's going. That ball, like Hamez and Luca Dean. That ball's going in between the goalposts. On the, the, corridor of, the corridor of uncertainty. That's what they yeah. call it, don't you? Honestly. <laughs> that, yeah. that sounds like Harry Potter, man. It is. Um, it's, it's, for the, it's for the goalkeeper, in it? Because it's, 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 it's in that area where he's like, shit, do I come or do I stay? That's the corridor of uncertainty. Yeah, well, that's what it should be. And that's where I think Calvin Newman needs them crosses. And it needs to be a consistent sort of cross into him where it's like, I don't have to move. I know once he gets the ball or he gets the ball, that's where the ball's going, so I'm going to stand right here. For a centre-forward, not knowing where your winger's going to cross the ball, if he's going to over it or under it, which you said before, will be a torrid time to be playing in it. Well, that's that. Come back to your point before then about you know, chances missed and stuff like that. Just, we, I mean, sorry about panicking when we get into the box, because I just feel like when we get it out wide, the cross is that bad that, it's not really thought out. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, it's 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 a rushed cross. It's just head down with the ball and get it in the eighteen yard box, and it counts as a cross. Um, yeah, it needs to be more sort of precision and accuracy on the balls themselves. I think get your head up, see where Calvin Lewin is. Don't just whip the ball in. Have a little look up, see where he's running. Yeah, I always have a fellow who sits by me in the match. Used to say, "Whip it." That's all he ever <laughs> used to say when he got across. Just whip it into the box. I mean, it's just. 
get a bit of pace on it. None of them lofted crosses or under it once. They just they just annoyed the life out of me. There was a few times we were in yesterday and you're like, right, we're in now. Yeah. And it seemed like Everton, you, you should, that, that's us. We should be getting the ball out wide to our big centre forward. And if he misses, he misses. You can call them all the names under the sun. I just don't think he gets enough of them chances. But talking about the chance he did did have, and I know I'm going to let you go on one now. I know last night you were, you you weren't laying into him. You just you you think you you're seeing things in this game that you think there might be something off. So I'll let you go if you want. No, I I I'm just, I feel like I'm on trial here with the president of the <laughs> but. <laughs> I just last night I was really frustrated with him, and I understand obviously he's not been great against Wolves, which I get. But for me, there's sometimes it's his body language is so off, and it's like where the old and this I was I've had 24 hours to think about it, and maybe he's just terrified of getting injured, and this is probably the reason. It's sprinting is no it's no longer really like sprinting into the corner or closing down a lot more. It's more of a jog. It's being offside. Isolated though, isn't he, Jamie? I know he's isolated, but it's like when he's offside and yeah. he's offside a lot in a football match for a striker that's playing up on his own. I, I just think you're offside a lot. There's his movement sometimes when, not when we've got crosses, but when we've got the ball on the floor, I just feel like it's just not there and it's harassing. I think better when he come on done, for me, more than what Calvin Lewin done and that can't happen. Yeah, see, think... for me, uh, uh, sorry, I've nailed my colours to the mass, so I'm going to oh, no, yeah, stick yeah. by him. I I, but i seen in the first half, he gets the ball in the edge of the area. He does a boss little move. He takes a man on and he plays Dan Juma in for the chance. Yeah. And then in the second half, he he done a few little link-ups as well and he put people in and he just missed. Now, that that for me it was good play, but I understand where you're coming from. It's the, I just don't believe he believes that he's going to score now. I think it's it's in his head now. I mean, he goes through one goal there, and it's just like, nah, he's not going to score. You just take your time and put your foot right through it. He just—it was like a pass back to the goalkeeper, wasn't it? it he was. just looks terrified. He looks—I honestly do think his injury's really in his brain. I—I I, I do. I think he's wants to play football that much for Everton that as long as he's on the pitch, it, that's all that matters to him. If that makes sense, it's like now we need him to go right. Like you're fit enough to be on the pitch. Now we need you to start sort of producing on it. This yeah. is what we need you. Now we need you to start producing moments. I know he's saying where he slides Dan Juman in. Brilliant, that's what Calvin Newman can do. But we need more of that. We need that more than sort of just letting the ball hit you and going out. Or I'll be yeah, honest, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I, I listen, I'd be stupid to City and say, you know, he's playing. I'm not saying he's playing well, but I just. He needs to I know do saying, more. He I'm, needs... I'm running out of things to, to back him up over now, but I did see a few little passes of play yesterday where I thought he was quite tidy. And we'll come on to the one he got sent off for, which, ironically enough, was probably his best passage in the game. It was brilliant. Brilliant. But, it, that seemed, yeah. but that's where it sort of seemed like he was clicking again. That's where the old Calvin Lewin come in. A little way. Feel a goal coming then, couldn't you? Yeah, where for a moment he's forgot about his injury and he's gone, I'm going to just win that ball. That's No, that's where it looks like he just forgets. But do the thing that was frustrating me with him, and I don't know that you noticed this, is when the ball goes up to him from a Tarkovsky or a, a, a Brandt and yeah, they could be better passes, but it always seems like he doesn't hit the ball. It seems like he either jumps too late, jumps too, too early. early. Yeah, it's, I was on that, you know, yeah. Or the defender, he doesn't jump at all, and I'm thinking, you're that ball. That you, that, listen, the defenders need to do better, but what I mean is when that ball is on, and that's the tactic, if you like, of Dice getting the ball up to him, it's like if the defender wins the ball and it bounces within 10 yards of him, he's, that's it. He's not going to try and win it. He's not going to... It's sort of like, well, I never won the header, so I'm done. And I don't like that. And that's not Calvin Lewin. That isn't what Calvin Lewin's about. He used to chase everything. And I really he used to do chase think... uh, an empty Chris Packard across Goodison Park. That lad yeah, would chase it. Uh, honestly, I do. I think his injury plays in his mind while he's playing that much. He's, he just looks terrified to do... He's terrified to let his body go. Yeah, I think it's more of a confidence thing, me personally. I think he, yeah. I think well, he's, yeah. he's he's missed a lot of chances now, and it's just uh, it's in his head. He's probably thinking, "Don't give the ball to me." Subconsciously, he's probably really he's like, "Give the ball to me," but there'll be a little part in his brain going, "Don't fucking give the ball to me." Yeah, I'm well, gonna miss yeah, it. That, so that's... he just needs our goal. He needs our goal, in my opinion. 
Um, do you think he misses to Corey as well? That could be a big factor. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no one there for that knockdown. I mean, Harrison is just... I think you called it a few few games back here. He's not there for the knockdowns. I think it was against Newcastle you called it, didn't you? And yeah. We the... said we thought he had a good game, but he's not close enough to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, is he? As a 10. No, and I think it's hard for Harrison um, in that role, obviously, to play four, three, three, four weeks on the wing and then come in and play as a 10 with Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin, obviously, he's not used to him. He's used to Decore. Decore is his mate. He knows where Decore is going to be. Um, you know, Decore's Decore, vocal as well, isn't he? Yeah, Decore knows where he's going to be. So I, I think that partnership is missing massively. There's a few times, I think it was last night, um, where I actually, I've just laid into Calvert-Lewin, but... Not laid into him, but he's critical of him. But I actually thought in the second half he looked Jamie, a lot better. Jamie hates Carl Loon, hates him. <laughs> I don't. I don't. No, but no. He, I just thought he actually looked a little bit sharper in the second half. And you could see Harrison just couldn't get up with him. I think it was a moment mm. where Carl Newman's the ball, brings it down, gives it to Dan Juma. And you can see Harrison watching them play. And I'm like, that's your other 10. That's what I, I, in my eyes, I think it was just before Dan Juma went off or the sending off. In my eyes, I was watching him going in the replays. You're the 10. You should... Why is Dan yeah. Juma run past you? And I just... Maybe he's just done in. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a few moments in the game yesterday where I was saying, somebody get up. Come on. Yeah. Swat, you know, get in on them. It's just like, the ball are dropping, you'd have one effort, man, and you'd be like, well, where is the rest of them? Where's the cavalry? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're all too deep. But I think that's just team instructions. That's, to be honest with you, I think they're told to play deep. I think that's what it is. But Paul, I know we just saying about Calvin Lewin, but if you were setting a team around Calvin Lewin, we're saying about crosses and stuff like that. Where, what are you saying to him? What's your instructions to him? Stay in, like what Ancelotti said to him, I just stay in the box. Do you think the way Dice plays suits Donovan Calvin Lewin? I think maybe he's, he's we we have actually got out and out wingers now in the likes of Dan Juma, McNeil, and Harrison. So if Calvert Lewin's going to be running out wide. He's occupying their space, isn't he? So maybe his instructions have been told to stay in the middle, yeah, and let the wingers do the wing stuff. Um, I think he is a better player when he's let off the leash and he can run around a lot more. But he's also get more injuries playing that way if he's all action. So maybe it's a case of looking after him and saying, "Listen, you're the centre forward. You stand up front. You don't move from them positions." But it's definitely a, it's a problem, really, for Everton. We talk about him every week, but he's Everton's number nine. I mean, it's Everton's most famous shirt, so we're going to talk about him. Um, I still defend him. I'm still the president. I still think it will come good. I just think he needs one to go in off his ass. I think he just needs he needs a break. I mean, yeah. that incident yesterday, you could see the look on his face. It's just like, I'm fucking, I'm having a bad time for you. And, he, and someone helped me out. It just looked like, Jesus, how much more can go wrong? But before we go on to that incident, one last thing about the game was Dwight McNeil's injury, went down for a bit yesterday. Looked a bad one. I think the report straight after the game was that he didn't need to go to hospital. He stayed in the dressing room with his teammates and they were going to assess it. So I don't know if we've heard any news, but if it's his ankle and it's bad, even if it's just sprained ankle or whatever, it's, uh, we're going to miss him, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Injuries are, going, are getting the better of Everton now, aren't they? Yeah, it was just like a double whammy, wasn't it? It was Calvin Loon and then like McNeil. Uh, I originally thought it was Jared Brantley, to be honest. That's why I, I, I not that I wasn't bothered it was Calvin Loon, but when I seen Brantley stood, I was like, oh, wonder who it is now. Um, Carl, the McNeil, I heard this morning that, well, I think it was Sean Dyke said in his press conference that he was relaxed in the changing room. It wasn't sort of, it never panicked him, the injury. When I seen the physio cutting his sock, I thought, oh my God. No, when, yeah. when he was cutting his sock, I was like, oh my God, something's going on. Um, them sprains can hurt though, can't he? No, when you twist your ankle, they really hurt them ones. Like. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it. It didn't sort of when they showed the replay. It didn't look like he'd done anything. If that makes sense, there was no sort he's of trying to avoid standing on his own teammate. I think so. He's took like an extra leap yeah. over him to not stand on him, and he's probably just gone over on his ankle as he's as he's landed. I know. It's just you know when it rains, it pours. In injuries, you've got Adrisa Gay, obviously. Was injured and has gone to Afcon. Decore come back. We've had Coleman out. We've had Young out, who I thought was sort of playing well before his injury. Um, you just Deli Ali, Deli Ali, yeah, of course, yeah, Deli Ali. Andre Gomez has only just sort of come back as well. Um, Calvin Lewin, touch wood, he can stay fit. 
I just, I feel sorry for Sean Dice, I do. He must have seen that yesterday and gone, Jesus Christ, I've just got one in the back. Um, yeah. But if but if he was, oh, if Tay McNeil's injury is, is bad, just say, touch wood, it's not, I hope it's not. Are you confident from what you've seen yesterday of Dan Jumas slotting into that role and going, okay, well, you know what? It's not the end of the world that we've got Dan Juma to come in. Yeah, I like him. I like Dan Juma. I think he looks really good. He looks direct. Yeah. He looks different to what we've got. I just, I expected his finishing to be better. I mean, he's, you look at his goal CV in Spain, he was slotting nonstop. I think he was scoring like 15, 20 goals from midfield. That's, that's unbelievable. That's like some ratio that, but it's just he just doesn't seem to be to be able to finish his dinner for us. I don't know what it is. Goal cross. We said before, goal cross the goalkeeper. Try something different. Maybe he's just desperate as well. I don't know. But no, I'm not. I'm not. Wouldn't be unhappy if he gets a few starts now. Anyway, um, even if McNeil is fit, maybe rotate Harrison and Dan Juma. I don't. I think McNeil's yeah. undroppable. Probably. I wouldn't. I didn't say that a couple of weeks ago. But I just think for the way this team plays and his work rate and his, you know. The way he defends and he's he is a ball carrying midfield. He's seen it yesterday with McNeil. There's a few times he just thought, fuck it, got his head down and ran at them. And that's when we looked most dangerous, I thought. But I, I, answer, I to thought... Your, yeah, yeah. answer to your question. That, answer to your question, I'd be all right with Dan Juma playing. Yeah, I would I told for me yesterday, in the first half, I wanted Dwight McNeil to come off. I thought he was terrible. I thought he just literally couldn't pass to a, a grey shirt, as you say about the uh, Bananas in pajamas shirt. <laughs> I just, I went. You know what? When a, a replay come up and I seen that shirt, I could just got just started laughing to myself. Um, <laughs> I just thought he was. I thought he was wasteful. I thought his his body language again looked terrible. I'm no, no, I'm no psycho, but he, I think that Mitchell run past him and he just jogged. So I just let him go past him, and I was a bit like, that's not right, McNeil. Turned up in the second half massively, as you say, dragging the ball. He done that little skill, didn't he? Where he sold two lads a dream. Yeah. Um, and when he done that, you could see him confidence. It was just like right chest out. Here we go. So he's again. We've got to now wait to see what he's going to say about the injury. Yeah, it's uh, never rains a pause, and it's fucking pouring down with rain yeah. in this country at the Storm. moment. So yeah. yeah, I think the thing is about it as well is that we don't we don't know what's going to happen in the in the transfer window, do we? So we don't. I've seen a few links today. I'm not even going to mention them. The players I've never heard of. Someone called Social or someone like that. Mm-hmm. We reckon his agents talking to Everton, but like Kevin Telwell said, don't believe most of the things that you're going to read in the January window. I think Sean Dyche said it's going to be quiet, but I think if Dwight McNeil's injured, and this is my question for you: if he's injured and it's a couple of months, do you think Everton and with Odelli Ali on top and a possible three-game suspension for Calvert Lewin, do you think Everton will probably have to go and get someone on loan, maybe? Yeah, they will. The, the squad's too thin to not go and get someone. I think the drop off in quality as well is too big to just maybe go and get a Jack, a Josh Brownhill. People might look at and go, Josh Brownhill, we're talking about, but Reece he's Nelson a, from Arsenal. Yeah, Reese Nelson from Arsenal. Um, even like that Diallo from Man U was at Sunderland last year. I think he's yeah, looking for a club. All them type, these types of players that we need, and I just don't know whether the loan works because if we've got Harrison on loan. And Dan Jumer on loan. And I think that's it, isn't it, for the two loans? No, I think you allowed two more, aren't you? You allowed two, so you allowed another international one and another oh, domestic. domestic one. So, yeah, Everton have got to. I'm sorry, but without them injuries anyway, we've got to fill them loans. For me, we've got to. Yeah. You know, you've got to go out now and get. And I'll, you know, I'll put what, what I think we've got to get and see what you say, but I think we've got oh. to go and get a creative midfielder. Simply yep. a creative midfielder. That's all his job is, and another and a winger for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to another striker coming in as well. Who you yeah. bring in? No, I don't know because it's slim pickings in the old centre forward position at the moment. It really is. You look around the leagues. There's no one really, is there? I mean, you got that Shankland who's playing for Hibs, is it? Yeah, he's been Hearts. Sorry, playing for Hearts. Um. Scottish League, would you would you trust him coming in? I don't know. These are just links that I've seen. By the way, I'm not saying well, let's that, go and get him. But sorry, that Diaz didn't he? That went from he was at Villarreal. He's just gone to Sheffield United. Has he gone? Has he? Yeah, from Blackburn. Due to oh, obviously when international clearance gets made, but 
you know, I think Chris Wilder's actually spoke about him and said, I'm glad to have him through the door. So yeah. if Everton do a little bit of homework, which I've got to be honest, I think they have an honor, the good player. You know, Dan Juma, I think he's a good player. So I'm not bad. I wouldn't be terrified of Everton Scouting Network at the moment if they were to maybe go and say it's that league league or wherever, Syria. Um yeah. Hugo, who's that PSG lad? Hugo Ekatike. He was linked heavily in the summer. Can we smash the third, didn't they? Smash yeah, the first time there, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Hugo Ekio guy was thinking of there. <laughs> no, it's fine, funny about that Brent. Brereton Diaz, is that his name? It's just Ben Brereton. Then he found out his great granddad was from Chile and he threw a Diaz on the end of his name. First Paul Brown, Rodriguez, that'll do something. Listen, deep breaths, we had a laugh there now. Uh, Got to come on to it. This probably dominate the rest of the podcast now. BAR again, another nail in the coffin of this wonderful sport. We've been following our whole lives. We do podcasts about, we get together every week and talk about football and we love it. And it's, you know, apart from our family, it's all it's all I think about is football, football. I'll watch any football on the telly. I'm now beginning to just turn off. It's not something that I want to watch. That yesterday, that tackle, let's just talk about the tackle. Calvert-Lewin wins at Edda. He goes after his own knockdown. He wins the ball brilliantly. And then he... he he lays it off to someone I can't even remember who it was. The game goes on and you're thinking, you can hear the commentary just going, they're looking at this and you're going, oh no, oh no, what are they looking at? And you're watching the, the still replays of it. Again, the game is being judged in slow motion. You're watching it going, it's never a red, it's never a red. But you know as soon as he goes over to that monitor, it's a red card. Guess who's on VAR? Our mate Craig Pawson is on VAR. It's yeah. just, just stop it. Just stop what you've done to the sport. It's just an unwatchable sanitised WWE scripted bullshit. It's awful. I absolutely hate it. And there'll be people listening, well, stop watching then. Uh, it's like, you can't. You just can't. It's, it's been in me since I was a little kid. I'm obsessed with football. But this is not football. This is, and no offence, I've said it on Twitter, we love our American Evertonians. So it's not a sniper Americans. It's just, it feels like NFL. It just feels like every decision is under the microscope. Everything's just going over with a magnifying glass, and it's just it's just sucked the fun out of the game, hasn't it? Completely. Yeah, it, I'm sick of it, mate. I've got to be honest. Um, it, it's killed us. It's just everything you've just said there is spot on. It just killed the game. It's killed the game that we once loved. Listen, you know, if Everton get if Everton get a goal conceded, if we, someone scores against Everton, you, you're fuming. If we score a goal, you're buzzing. That was it. That's it's the most like living on your nerves sport that's completely been taken away from everything. Like, and I don't get the Carvel Noon one. Like, I honestly don't get it. The ball got played. I don't, played on. Does. I don't think anybody does. I just it was like they played on, and then it was about five minutes later, and they think about now for a throw in or wherever it makes it went. And I get the commentator was like, Oh, did you go? They're gonna check it. And the first time I seen it, I thought, sound. And then he slowed it down. And as soon as he slowed it down, I thought, well, when they slow it down, they're looking for something. And that's what it looks like. They're looking for Instead of just going, listen, F, you haven't given the foul. He stood over it again. He stood right there. He hasn't even given the foul. Not that he's booked him and then gone, that's a yellow card. And they've gone, maybe we need to check whether it's a yellow card. He hasn't given a foul. If Everton score from when Calvin Newman gets the ball, what does he do? He's obviously going to bring it back for, for a foul. That we know of now, but you never give the foul. So the fella in the fucking trailer in Stockley Park, he's reffing your game because you never give that foul. So it's like get rid of the referees. Literally, just take the referees. You don't turn up today because what we're going to do is we're going to have a, we're going to have a, two linesmen. They're going to do offsides, and an auto, a little robot that goes round and blows a whistle if there's, he, he thinks it's a foul. What is a foul? I don't understand what a, what's a foul. It's just like... I've seen a lot of people today, non-Everton fans, just saying, listen, I've had enough. Like, it's just... It's not football. That's not football. It's not, I don't care what you say. Football is a fast-paced contact sport. If you play football on any level, whether that be semi-pro, professional, might be some professionals listening to this, played on the park with your mates in this 
and on the astral turf with your mates, whatever, somewhere where you can actually slide, tackle not the concrete outside. But I think <laughs> done that as well, by the way. Yeah, we've all done that, yeah. The only way you can get that ball is like that. It, there's no intention to hurt Nathaniel Klein. There's no intention to go in with your studs up because you're trying to be a na- be nasty and win the ball back and get mm-hmm. the man at the same time. He's won it back brilliantly. He's got the ball. He's he's won it. He's stood up. He's turned and he's laid it off. And it, for him to just get a red card for that, he must be like, really? Is this what this sport has come to? That's it's what his face like, didn't it? It's just not football. It's but the, 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 the Crystal Palace players, this one, I, I've watched this foul, well, foul about 20 times. And it's only that, is this, who's the centre-half? Sorry, I just forgot his name. The Anderson. captain. No, the other one. Gay. Gay, sorry. He's the only one that puts his hands up for a split second. You know, listen, we've watched football for years. If a bad tackle's happened, the referee gets surrounded. Surrounded. Because it's like, we've all seen it. It's a terrible tackle. Get him mm. off. No one done it. No one of the Crystal Palace players said anything. And then see that Will Hughes studs. Well, he only done that because he's seen the replay. Will Hughes hasn't seen Calvin Lewin studs up and connect with Klein and then gone. Because, he, well, if you have. Why didn't you run over to the referee and ask for a red card? Because you all know it's a red card now. So, I just, he's got it. It's not that he's got it wrong. That is just a complete lack. Let's, let's be fair, the referee actually didn't get it wrong. The VAR got wrong for actually getting him to intervene. Well, football is now being judged in slow motion. Yeah. It's being judged in slow motion. It's just like, let's slow it right down and let's see how bad it looks. It's just, it's not a slow motion game. It's a fast paced game. I think if you'd asked, I've, I've seen an Americans on other podcasts talking about they can't believe there's no break in between. It's just non stop 45 minutes, then non stop again for 45 minutes. But now it's not because of this video assistant referee. It's just stop, start, stop, start. Let's have a look at that one. Let's have a look at that one. I mean, I'm saying to you yesterday, I've cried when Everton scored goals for the emotion that it brings out in you. It's an indescribable feeling. Of yeah. joy that's got, that a goal can give to you as an Evertonian and as a football fan, and now I find myself stood in the stands or watching the telly going, there might have been a push there, might have been a kick there, might have been a bad tackle there. Imagine if we would have scored like you've just said then, but that yesterday we're all buzzing like ten minutes to go, right? We're winning, and it comes back for that. You get sent off, and there's a free kick, and you're like, what for? Well, what, what, it, are people wet? Are people ready? And people will talk and say, I've had enough, I've had enough. And, you know, you're talking out your ass, really. But I honestly feel like people are ready to walk away from the sport. I do. I think they are. I think people are losing the love for it. And, you know, we all are. You just said there about an emotion when Everton score and what VAR is doing. We've just talked to about 10 minutes about Donald Calvert-Lewin's confidence. Andre Gomez sets him through against Tottenham, he scores. But they bring it back for a foul. And it's like, you slowed that one down. You slow that one down again to find the foul. The referee in that game didn't give the foul. But it, this is the thing what I can't grasp. This is what I genuinely can't grasp of VAR. The re- on-field referee is standing to both incidents. Doesn't give the foul. Doesn't give a foul. Not a yellow card. Nothing. Let's the game go on. We score from one. We don't score from the other, but we get the ball. Then get VAR to come in and go, uh, you need... you you. The person that's never gave the foul needs to go and check this on a screen. Okay. So go and check it on a screen and then send them off or give a foul. So no. I just can't grasp like what he's got going what he's got going on in his ears though, mate, at the time when he's looking at that screen is at least send them off. There's actually yeah, people that's what I'm saying. saying you've missed send them off. So he's not gonna go against them. Someone one of them are gonna have to have the balls to go. I don't think it's a foul though. But you're going against three of your mates who, you, who you're having meetings with all the time. And like, let's be one big team, stick together. So you're not going to go against them, are you? It's a joke, mate. It's, just, God. it's, a, it's, it's going to get to a point joke. where you, you were saying it last night. I know you were angry last night. and But it's true <laughs> what you're saying. So our manager's going to take the team off the pitch and say, we're not playing. We're not playing. And I've said, I've even gone more extreme. Yeah. I think someone's going to run on and knock the referee out. I do. I think that monitor will get ripped up out of the ground and smashed into a million pieces. Fans have had enough. It's just, it's not football. It's just, I don't know what it is anymore. It's just boring. It's just, I was watching that game yesterday. I was screaming my head up going, no way. 
no way. But no. inside, I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to send them off because that's just what they do now. It's it's pathetic. It's just, it's just I I put a voice point in the group, and obviously I was fuming. And you know, what? I was more fuming at the fact that I thought we'd played well. I thought we were going to win. The, I thought we were going to win. I thought we were on top. Palace didn't do anything in the second half. Uh, you know, apart from when Eze made that shot, which was when we were ten, you know, one man down. They never done nothing. But I'm pleased to have He looks so comfortable. Coleman had loads of room. Michalenko had loads of room. I thought, yeah, these are sound. We're going to beat these. We'll beat these 1 0 or 2 0. I honestly did think that. And then they do that. And I'm just like, this is. When I heard that, I heard the commentator, and it was both of them was like, yeah, that's going to be extremely harsh. And you sort of cling on to a little bit of hope that one day the referee will turn on and go, no, it's not a red card. It's. Not he's a redundant. The referee on the pitch, as you said earlier on, he just might as well not even be there. No. It's pointless being there. But when he That's sends just... him off, when he sends him off and the camera went to dice, I swear to God, and <laughs> Mrs. was just laughing a red off at me, but I was screaming at the telly, take them off. Take them off the pitch. Genuinely yeah. take them off the pitch. And you know what? We'd all back you. No, if he turned on, they yeah. went, right, come off. And if, they were, and if the FA went, you're out the FA Cup, and is it hundred thousand pound fine? We'd all have we'd all as Evertonians, and I think, I think, the footballing world, especially in England, would go happy days. I, I, I know what I'm so I'm glad he's done that, and I'm back Everton, I'm back Sean Dice for doing it, and it will yeah. be you're right. Someone someone will do it, but it's just so. I think with these managers, they manage these managers are sort of like if you listen to Sean Dice in interviews, he sort of says he likes VAR. And they probably had meetings before it came in. How long has it been here? Five years ago. And he's probably been one of the main ones asking for it. Yeah. So he probably look a bit stupid. But when it's blatant like that, and there's other incidents as well, but we'll come into the other incidents as well. But I just want to finish up on the Everton game. And listen, it would have been the softest penalty in the world. But we've just seen one of the, the all-time softest penalties you'll ever see at Anfield. Yeah. I mean, fucking snipers just took him out in the Anfield road end. Um, Beto's, Anderson. He's stopping him from getting to the ball. It looks soft. But again, you slow it right down, which yeah. is what this he seemed to be obsessed with at the moment is slowing everything right down. He, he's unable to move. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. Just the, squeak, the, the squeaky scouse voice has just come out there. It's a penalty. <laughs> Jonah just go and find, yeah. find his chassis. Um, <laughs> but it is a penalty. It's 100... To be honest, even in real time, I thought it was a penalty, and that's just not me being going all the way. You can see both hands go round him and pulling on him, pulling him into Anderson. And I'm like, how many times... I think... I don't know who it was, but there was a couple of penalties been given from corners. It might have been the, the, the United derby. Uh, the Manchester derby, sorry, where... Yeah, it was Rod- Mac- uh, Tomine, it was Paul, Rodri. Rodri down. That's the same yeah. thing. That is the same <laughs> thing. In that yeah, game, not the same badge on the shirt, though, mate. And That's it was like, it oh yeah, it's been checked and it's been checked and cleared. And I'm thinking, there's no way you've checked that because the ball's only just gone down the bot- the other end of the pitch. It took a second to check it, but you take 25 minutes to check any any other team, mate. Honestly, and when then and then ITV slowed it down, and that was me. I was gone. I was gone then when that when I seen that. Yeah, I just um... what could what what if. Is it uh, this, Paul? I'll, I'll put the question to you. And we've all listen. We've had a terrible year of the Premier League and what they've done to us, and people got the crying, the crying corruption again, and all that, and and stuff like that. But it does. You can't get away yeah, from the fact got... that it looks Everton. It's Everton. It's surely. A, it's a cra- it's a cracking segue, by the way, because I've got some wonderful stats for you there. Oh. Up today, just blow my mind. It's been over hundred and fifty games of Premier League football. That's over four years. And Everton, I've never been eleven versus ten in that time. Never. So that that's like the law of averages. Just put two fingers up to Everton and go, nah, we don't do it for you. And I'm sorry, but we will go, well, there's no there's been many red cards in that time. There's been many. So loads. Someone put a video up today, that's where it got her off. The little he put like a little few oh, words yeah, yeah. up on it. And it's just like it's just, we've had I don't, I don't the Van Dyke one, honestly. The Paul, the Van Dyke one on Anana. The John Joe Shelby on Anthony Gordon. The Jordan Ayew on Anthony Gordon. On Anthony Gordon. 
there's been loads. There's lo you could just loads you can go through. I think well used on um Bethel last night. Bethel, yeah, same thing over right, the right ball. Through. I I, just, I I can't be. It's got to be Everton. It's got to be. That's it. We're the only team in the Premier League not to be awarded a single penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. This... I know I'm laughing, but it's just. It's just because listen, I I've sat there last week and I. I've sort of like, you know, Christmas blues and all that, and you're like, oh, fucking Evertonians feel like I've done by, we're crying again and stuff like that. But how can you look at stuff like that and go, yeah, it's Everton? Yes. We don't, we, you know, you look at that, 150 games, you're telling me that Everton, there hasn't been a player sent off first. I mean, we had um, that Tottenham game last season, but Decore had already been sent off. Yeah. I, I can't remember who. Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora. Yeah, he got sent off. So you're telling me there's been 150 games that Everton have played where they've never had a man sent off before us. 150 games, four years of football. It's not possible. It's impossible. But it, it, obviously it is possible because it's there in writing. But it's actually important. Think about the amount of games, the amount of incidents, things that have happened in them games. It's impossible. It's It doesn't make any sense. And not one single penalty. Not once. And you've got fucking... That Jota, like some sort of platoon, <laughs> going down about four four steps after he'd been brought down, and it's all brushed under the carpet. Nothing said after it. Even the Salah one, by the way, not to talk about the film, we're just talking about them incidents where he brushes him and he falls over. That's not that Diaz, wasn't it? Oh, was it Diaz? And he's just Diaz, like, yeah. Well, he's brushed him and he's fell over, give a penalty. Beto's stood up, turned with the ball. Anderson, who, by the way, he's just been voted man of the match. That's probably why. <laughs> Got both hands around him, pulled him into him, and didn't let him go. Just hugged him, basically. Just grabbed hold of him like it was a rugby match. And even the Anderson, when he let Beto go, was like, no, 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 and shook his head. And you know you're guilty. You know you're guilty. When your first thing before the referee's done anything, you go, oh, no, it's not a foul. Come on. It's a foul. I don't I just... get in check for Everton. It's not like you can imagine. Like it's not. This is pure conspiracy theory. Go, don't even check that, Everton. That's what you imagine. That's what I'm imagining. I mean, we can go back and I say I don't want to sound that dumb by, but you've seen all these penalties given across the Premier League, and you've got stuff happening like with that Rodri one against us a couple of years ago, <laughs> and it it's a, just it like was... the most blatant penalty you've ever seen in your life. What referee was involved in that game, Paul? Wasn't him, was it? Yeah. Was it? There you go. So yeah. there is definitely a vendetta. I mean, last night it's just I think she was sat there bored and go check that for a red card. Is it a red card? Yeah, it's Everton. Definitely got a bet on. Then I'm bet three six five and going, you know what? I've got a bet on here. I've got four yellow cards. I've got four cards. I need one more. <laughs> I'm not gonna release the audio for it either, Addy. No. Let's be honest, we're never gonna hear what's gonna happen there. But you know, you just add that on to well, Everton are the only team to be deducted 10 points for breaching FFP. We're still waiting to hear what's going to happen to everyone else. There's, there's rumours of Nottingham Forest and we've been fucking thrown in there for some reason. I know, let's sell some papers, throw Everton's name in there again. Yeah. Leave us alone, give us a day off. Let Have you seen what? Ourselves. Did you see what Neil, Neil Warnock said about that? Put, can he pause him, by the way, yeah. about Everton? Yeah. Basically saying, yeah, he doesn't like us. Yeah, it's pausing and Everton. That's basically Shocker. what he said. It's just like, wow, you've got an ex-manager who's, who's managed when you were was the referee and been in your meetings, like Sean Dice has told us, been in your Zoom meetings, been in all these, I, I forget what they're called, these people who change the rules, um, IPA or something like that. PGMOL. So, yeah, but there's a one above them, isn't he, who changed the rules, who like, a damn ball rule and stuff. Um, With fucking God and the devil in it. <laughs> yeah, but you've got you've he's basically outing you, saying, "Yeah, he's not. You're not getting that with him." You hate Everton. But Paul, no years ago, Mark Clattenberg does that against Everton and against Lescott in the derby. He doesn't give the penalty. Now we kicked up that much of a fuss that game about that game. I didn't get bans from refereeing the games at Goodison. Yeah, he couldn't. I think he come back about three years later or something. Why can't we do that now? Why can't we turn around, put an evidence case against this Craig Paulson and go, he's not reffing Everton games anymore? We don't feel comfortable with him. It's too nice, aren't we? That's what I was going to come on to because there's been a bit of criticism last night for Sean Dykes. I mean, Seamus Coleman's come out and said the Calvert Lewin incident. I mean, 
it won't get looked at because it's us basically saying if it was anyone else, it'd be, you know, the whole world would be turned upside down trying to fix it. But Sean Dyche hasn't really come out and condemned the officials or that where someone like Gary O'Neill has, and he's I think he's had a fine for it. That's My message to Sean Dyche, take take the fucking fine because it's just going on and on and on now. I, I've wrote that down, that note there, and I'm 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 just reading it back to myself as you're talking. Over hundred and fifty games. We've gone and watched Everton hundred and fifty times and the opposition haven't had a man sent off before our player. So it's, you're in the hundred and fifty games have like, never gone, come on, lads, these are down to ten men. Never. It's never <laughs> happened. Come on, that. Think about uh, how long it's that's the that's for Everton, that's like eight managers ago. I just so you're telling me that Everton have played that amount of games and there hasn't been one, one bad tackle. I mean, even straight away in my mind, that Van Dyke tackle on Onan is just like yeah, the most blatant of reds you'll ever see in your life. It's just red to red card all day, every day, twice on a Sunday to red card. But it's just it's ridiculous. But would you like to see Sean Dyke be a little bit stronger and? As you just said, I know you've also said it before, but you like to see Evan come out and say, no, we've had enough now. This is it. The, the, the line is drawn here now. Somebody do something about this. Or do you just think we're fighting a higher power that just cannot be beaten? I think he's got a he's got a sort of he had a real good chance yesterday. Obviously, the all of us as a fan base were were fuming and United it felt like a little bit again. It sort of put a fire up our bellies. And he's supposed to come out and was a bit like, oh, well, you know, everything looks bad when it's slowed down. I don't think he come out and defended VAR. I've seen that as well. People have said, oh, why is he defending it? He's not. He's basically saying it looks terrible when you slow it down because everything will. Um, and he's right. But I needed a little bit more. I just needed I, I needed a little bit more from the players on the pitch. So as, as the manager, I need a little bit from you to come out. Which I actually thought he did. I've got to be honest. I was waiting for his, mm-hmm. his interview because I thought he's going to give it to me. Yeah. And he just sort of was like dead cheapish, and I thought, well, "That's not that's not sure that's not what I expected." I genuinely thought he was going to come out and go, "That's a disgrace." Arteta, it's a disgrace. You know, it's famous now, but it's a disgrace. He he doesn't have to come out and do that. Just go, it's Everton, isn't it? If he'd have come out and gone, yeah, it's because because it's Everton. Yeah, well, it's us. Yeah, yeah it's us. He, dead dead normal, dead calm. Well, it's just like Coleman. It's just us, isn't it? So I expected them to get sent off. As soon as I seen you checking, I knew he was going to get sent off. We'd all then go, here we go. But I don't know. He, 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 can you do right for doing wrong? It's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, it's just heartbreaking, the whole thing for me. Just going back to VAR. I mean, I said, say I put that tweet out about, you know, it's like NFL. And I had a few American, me American friends on Twitter not saying, the NFL is nothing like that. You know, they they like that sport. I mean, I've tried to watch that. It bored me to tears, but I'm not saying it's a shit sport. It's just, it just wasn't a sport. That's for me, you know what I mean? And they're yeah. saying, well, the referees come on the field and explain it. Now, if the Premier League gets to a point where the game stops and some asshole walks out and goes, I've given the penalty for this reason and that reason, just go home. I think we should all just go home because that just, to me, sounds boring. It's boring. And it's not. it's going to get to the point now where Someone's gonna go down injured, they're gonna break and they're gonna go on a fucking cream egg advert or something while he's down injured. So it's just gonna to get to a point where it's just unwatchable. And it's getting to that point now for me. They've sucked the phone. It's the biggest mood over the game has ever created for itself. And it's like Brexit. Yeah. It will never yeah. work, but they've got to make it work, even though they know they can't. But again, and I'm going to be soapbox here. I had a conversation today with my brother. And he was right what he said. We've seen it in the last two World Cups and it's been brilliant. Champions League? It's been absolutely brilliant. So it is a case of we've just got fucking deadheads over here who don't know how to use it properly. Howard Webber's confused everyone to a point where it just needs lashing in the fucking bin and he can get in the bin with it. And every official and every Premier League corrupt swat can get in the bin with it. And that's uh, that's all I've got to say about it, really. <laughs> just do one. Get rid of it. Give us our football. Give us football back. I mean, I'll try if Everton can see the goal that is miles offside, but listen, it, 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 it's muscle memory in your brain. I'll remember what it feels like to, to watch football like that again. So I'd, I'd get rid. I would love them to get rid of, the, of it and just say, no, what? It didn't work. They won't because they're admitting defeat and they, they look terrible, but just get rid of it. Just no one likes it. 
Nobody wants this. No Managers don't want it. The players have actually said it. They don't fans. like it. The fans definitely don't want it. You've killed every part of this football, of, of football. You've killed it as a sport. It's not a sport anymore. It's just a thing that people watch because it's like, oh, it's just there. Don't get me wrong, this game's here. It doesn't get involved, but nine out of ten times, it does get involved. And even when there's a goal, as you said before, you go, hey, that better one against Newcastle. I mean, better scored. I was in the when I was in the goal, this I was like a semi celebration because I thought he's offside yeah. there. I know he wasn't, but in your head, you're like, he's offside where he'd score. I'd look straight at the linesman and go absolutely nuts. I was just saying for the Harrison one against City. Because I've seen him put his hand on his back, even though he didn't push him, he just put his hand on his back and he fell over. What are you thinking? He's pushed him. They're gonna get. Then I'm gonna look stupid if I go if I bounce around everywhere for this goal because they're gonna take it off me in a minute. So you, it's like a, a a celebration after it. Now there'll be people who are watching at home who will like all that pantomime about it, but it's just for the match going fans especially. And I know you know we're not the only ones who matter because there's people who can't get to games because they live too far away. And I understand that, but. Just waiting for the TV screen to tell you how to react for me is just shite, and I I can't do it no more. It's no. just ridiculous. Yeah. So Jamie, we've uh, gone on a few rants there. Um, got a nice little ten day break now before we do it all again. Aston Villa, if we get some players back from injury, but yeah, nice one for getting on with us, mate. And as always, up the toffees. Up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.